Hey, 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 it's Pastor Cody here. Hey, welcome to our weekly sermon podcast. You know, we hope here at Bethel that when you listen to this podcast that you encounter God from wherever you are, that you're encouraged, that you're convicted, and that you're lifted up. Hey, don't let the four walls of our church be the only place where you experience God. Hey, enjoy today's word and love God, love others, and live life with passion, y'all. But I'm more glad the Lord is here. <laughs> oh, man, y'all can be seated. How about give the worship team a little love today, man? They did a, did a great job. Old Conrad's up in the mountains. I think he's watching live right now because the little sucker was text messaging me during church. But he's up in the mountains skiing this weekend, so at least he's watching. Because if anybody here needs to be preached to and needs to hear from me, it's him just saying. <laughs> oh no, we're glad you're here, man. When we're excited, I always love to come. I look forward to Sunday mornings, man, to come to hang out with you and hang out in the presence of the Lord. And y'all give me some lights out there so I can make eye contact with some of these folk that I'm preaching to today. <laughs> we're in our third week of our series called Christian Stoicism. We've been talking about Stoicism. It's an ancient philosophy to live by. I think we can all learn from this philosophy. It's just where you learn to be stone cold, where you just learn to be. You don't get way up high and emotional and angry and crazy, but you don't get way low and depressed and struggle. You just kind of stay midstream and you just go, I, I know whom I believed and I know who my God is and God brought me from a mighty long way and I'm not going to get upset and I'm not going to start crying. I'm just going to keep on serving God because God is always on the throne. God is sovereign. God is in control. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is the door. He is the everlasting one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is everything that I need, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He is everything. I'm not going to get caught up in the affairs of this life. I'm just going to live stone cold trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 I feel you. It's going to be a long morning, it feels like right now. <laughs> Christian Stoicism, learning to adopt this philosophy and based on the Word of God, it will help you and I in every area of our life. And so week number one, we talked about courage. Everybody say courage. We need to have courage. We need to raise up children that have courage. We don't need to be quiet. We don't need to be mealy mouth. We don't need to be little church mouse, pussyfoot, panty waist little Christians who hold our faith to ourselves. We need to be courageous in how we live our life, conduct our business, and when we're talking about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about self-discipline, how we need to have self-discipline, how that's going to be the sweet spot in our life where we learn to control ourselves and our emotions and our thought process. And so this week we're going to discuss pillar number three of Stoicism, justice. Everybody say justice. Justice is this, it is the quality of being just. And so let me just put it in layman's terms for you. Justice, living a life of justice means this, simply doing what's right. Just doing what's right. Doing what's right in your marriage. Doing what's right when you are searching stuff on the computer. Computer. Doing what's right when you're selling a horse at the horse sale. Doing what's right when you're working on your income tax. Doing what's right when you're raising your children. Doing what's right in the way you dress. Doing what is right. That's, that's what justice is. You can be very brave. And you can practice a lot of self-control. But if we don't do the right things for the right reason, all of our courage and self-discipline is in vain. Our world needs to see some men and women and some young people stand for what is right. Come on, y'all. For what is 
right. When I talk about, I think about doing right, just, just doing the right thing, I think about my kids. Like, I love my kids. How many of you have kids or grandkids and you love those kids? Come on, somebody. We do. We love our kids. We love our grandkids. And when I think about my kids, I want my kids to be tough. You know what? This is a tough world out there. Even Clara. Me and Clara, had a, we had a talk last week. She's a girl. She's 11. She's hitting that age. You know what I mean? I said, girl, you got to be tough now. You got to suck it up. You can't be crying at every drop of the hat. You got to be tough. You got to be strong. I'm teaching her because life is tough. And I tell my boys, you better be tough. You better suck it up. Don't be no buttercup. Don't be no snowflake. Don't be like them suckers you see on social media crying because they got to work a 40-hour week. You got to be tough. I teach my kids to, I want my kids to be tough. I want my kids to be hardworking. I want my kids to be successful. I want my kids to be fun, y'all. I don't want no fuddy-dud, sour-puss, lemon-sucking kids walking around mad at the world. I want them to have fun. i got to be honest, I want my kids to be a little edgy, and I want them to be a little bit wild. I want them to be courageous. I want them to have good jobs, be good parents. I want them to be different than the world. I want them to be a difference maker in the world. And I think at the end of the day, all those things will be accomplished if I can simply teach my kids to do what's right. To do what's right. To do what's right at school. To do what's right when they start dating. To do what's right when alcohol comes in. To do what's right when everybody else is looking at pornography. I just want to teach my kids to do what is right. And I think that there's too little emphasis but placed on doing what's right nowadays. You know, if you do what's right, they label you a fuddy-dud. If you do what's right, they label you a religious freak. If you do what's right, they label you a Bible thumper. I'm telling you, we need a nation, come on somebody, that is interested in doing what is right in the eyes of God. If you've not looked at our nation, if you've not seen what's going on in our education system, if you've not seen what's going on in our government, if you've not seen what is going on, I'm telling you, all we need to do is come back to God and start living right according to the Word of God. It will, <laughs> we, we just sang that song, and Darren did a, he was singing that song about send a fresh, fresh fire, and there is a talk of revival taking place in America right now, and there's a few pockets where people are gathering together in the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, our nation needs revival, and you know what's going to bring revival? I love worship, and I love great worship, but worship is not going to bring revival. What's going to bring revival is when God's people go back to the Word of God, and they say, the Word of God tells me what's right and what's wrong. The Word of God is my moral compass, and I will live my life according to what is right and lined up with the Word of God. That will bring revival across our nation. It's the Word of God. It's the word. You should have clapped right there. I'm just saying all of you. But, but sometimes it's tough because we're going to talk about this more in a minute. Sometimes it's tough. We, we want revival to come, and we want it to be easy. And sometimes the Word of God can be hard can i hear a good amen and sometimes the word of god can be convicting and when it convicts us it makes us feel a little bit uneasy and we don't like that because we want to live in a world of comfort at the end of the day we got to do what's right i preached this message to the eight o'clock service and I, I, I honestly i bet a dozen people walked out that back door and you know what they said to me well they all walked out the back door but i bet a dozen people honestly said to me i know what's right but do you know how hard it is to try to do what's right? It's hard. Living a life of doing what is right is so, so hard. And unfortunately, doing what's right nowadays in this America that we live in, in the America of 2023, doing what is right is not always rewarded and celebrated. It's not always rewarded. It's not always 
Celebrating doing what's right is not the easiest option. As a matter of fact, doing what is morally wrong and unjust is what our world celebrates and rewards the most right now. Our world is celebrating. We are rewarding people that say, kill them babies. Rip them babies out of their mother's womb. Yes, we need abortion. Our world is rewarding that. Our world is rewarding people that are homosexuals and, and, and same-sex marriage. Our world is re rewarding that. We're celebrating that. We're championing those things right now. We're championing transgenderism. Oh, if you're not comfortable with the gender that God made you, we're going to celebrate you if you come out of the closet and go have some surgery. Even if you have some children that are 10 years old and the little boy says, I feel like a girl. Oh, let's celebrate. Take them to the doctor, castrate them, cut their stuff off, and turn them into a female. We're celebrating stuff that is not right in America today and I know it's touchy and I know it's tough but somebody's got to have enough cojones to talk about it because we've been quiet about it long enough we got to talk about what's right and we got to talk about what's just world celebrates right now forced vaccinations our world celebrates a life of sexual immorality sleep with this one sleep with that one put a notch on the on your on your belt how many of you got feminism a life of excess and addiction lives of selfishness lives of pornography lives that they're being celebrated right now and it's wrong according to the word of god and let me let me let me let me just back up here just a minute right quick if i can Here's where you and I got to be careful. Because how many know we belong to Jesus today? Come on, somebody. Here's what we can't do. We can't look down our nose and act like we're better than those people that are out in the middle of the world living a life of homosexuality who have had abortions and who are struggling with kind of what gender they really are. We can't look down our religious holier-than-thou nose and act like that we're better than them. I'm going to tell you something because where they are is exactly where you and I were at one time in our lives. We may not be living the same lifestyle and we may not be choosing the same sin, but listen to me, baby. You, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you you were one time and I was one time out of the will of God and we needed some help and we tried everything else and the only thing that could save us was a redeemer and his name was Jesus Christ and Jesus picked us up out of the miry clay and set our feet on the rock to stay all those people need in the world is Jesus Christ to be brothers and sisters with you and I dear God I am preaching the paint off the walls to you today because those people listen to me listen to me look 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 those people that I just listed, they're living those lifestyles, they're not bad people. They're just ignorant. They're, they're ignorant to the word of God. They're ignorant to the truth of God. They're ignorant to what is really, really right. They are products of the culture that they were raised up in. When you take the Bible out of the education system, and when you take the Bible out of a government, and you know what? Next thing you know, the only morality is what the school system is teaching. The only morality is what the government's teaching. The only morality is what flawless parents are teaching them. They don't know right from wrong. They are products of the culture. They are blind and deaf to the Word of God. They're products of religion and lukewarm parenting. I said it. 
You know why our generations now are, are living the lives and choosing untruth and choosing what is unjust? Because the parents were mealy-mouthed little Christians who went to church on Sunday morning and played some kind of religious game. They're parents who fought all the way to church and cussed and discussed, but when they shut that door of the church in the church house parking lot, they walked into the church praising God, hallelujah, blessed, I'm blessed and highly favored. They're parents who went out on Saturday night and got slobbering butt drunk in front of their kids, but their ki they brought their kids to church on Sunday morning and they played some religious game. The reason that the generations now don't even trust God is because we've not even stood for what's right and what's just. Whoo, it's getting hot in here, ain't it, y'all? They're products of the culture. They're blind and deaf to the ways of God. They're products of religion, lukewarm parenting. They're products of this education system that we've allowed to take over. They're products of a government who is governing without the word of God. They're products of a self-help, get in touch with your inner feeling world. They, they, they're, they're products of a do what you feel in the moment. They're products of an entitlement mentality. They are products of a post-Christian nation. I said that. Did you hear what I said? The last couple of generations are products of a post-Christian nation. Because as much as it pains me to say it, and as much as it pains me to admit it, our nation, the last couple of generations, has not been a Christian nation that lives solely on the Word of God. And there are negative effects of that. I better go on. Here's what I want to talk about first. Sometimes we judge other people. When I start talking about sin, when I start talking about struggles, when I start talking about not doing what's right, it's just something about our minds when we go to that person that we know outside of church that won't come to church that ain't doing right. But sometimes the Lord wants us to look inward, y'all. Sometimes the Lord wants us to look inward. And here's a problem that I see in the church. Here's a problem I see after pastoring 22 years, and here's a problem I see as I read Scripture. Oftentimes, we allow religion to take over our life. We allow the spirit of religion to come in on us, and we make religion and religious acts more important than we do living a life of justice and doing what's right. Can we be real, y'all? Here's the deal. Living, doing what's right. Sometimes, can I tell y'all the truth today? Sometimes we attend church with our best gear on. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look good today. We get up on Sunday morning. We put our best clothes on. I even took a shower this morning for y'all. I'm just telling you, y'all. We put on our best clothes. We come to church. We play the part. We may say a few prayers. We may clap our hands and worship just a little bit. We might even read scripture throughout the week, maybe practice a few spiritual disciplines. But when we're home and when we're away from church and when we're by ourselves and when we're at work and when we're in our pickup, you know what? Deep within our hearts, we have issues that we're not dealing with in a biblical way. We're not doing what's right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm telling you the truth today because you know what we do? We harbor unforgiveness. We are so mad and we are so, uh, we have so much unforgiveness towards so and so and what he did and what she did and what my ex spouse did and what my spouse did and what my parents did. And you know, we come to church and look pretty and play these games, but inside our hearts are not healthy. We have anger inside of us and such rage, it is absolutely worrying us. We're jealous of everyone else. Well, I can't believe, look at that car she pulled up in the church. I wonder what they're doing. 
get that kind of money. We're jealous towards everybody else. We got all these things. We have a poor self-image. We think it's all about us. We have a toxic, messed up mindset, and we never think according to the Word of God. We just think of negative and how bad it can go. We have lustful thoughts. We have idolatry. We have division in our lives. We have selfishness. We come to church and look pretty, but we're not dealing with ourselves in a right way in the life of justice when we get home. If we're really honest, it is so easy to mask all of these real issues and play a religious game. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. Because Jesus, can I tell you, Jesus dealt with these pet people back in biblical times. They were people who looked apart, did all the religious duties. And Jesus, I'm talking about, he raked them over the coals. And the reason he raked them over the coals is because he wanted them to know the truth. Because we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. And the enemy would love for us to continue to attend church and play religious games, but be bound up on the inside. But God said, no, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Spirit of God wants to come and set you free from religious stuff and let us deal with everything in the right way so that we can live and be all that we've called to be for the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus dealt with these people my battery must be dead y'all switch that thing for me or I turned it off or something Matthew 23 27 Jesus's words what sorrow awaits you you teachers of religious laws and Pharisees you hypocrites for you're like whitewashed tombs beautiful on the outside but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurities jesus said that's no way to live i want to read you an old scripture as we talk about dealing with our inner self and doing what's right i want to read you an old testament scripture so powerful yet so simple when it comes to living a life of justice and doing what is right so powerful and so simple micah 6 8 no, old people, the Lord has told you what is good. The Lord tells us what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Jesus said, here's what I want from you. Here, here, here's what I want. Actually, can I, can I take it a step further? And say, here's what Jesus requires of us. I love the fact that this lends to the idea that if you're going to live a Christian life, and you're going to live a biblical life, and you're going to live a life under the blessings of God, there are some requirements for the way that we conduct ourselves. Our world right now says, nah, there's no requirements. Just say you love God, and then you can go live loose living, and you can say what you want to say, and sleep with who you want to sleep with, and drink what you want to drink, and smoke what you want to smoke. There's no requirements. Just say you love God and everything's fine. No, 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 no. That has to be broken. The devil is a liar in the name of Jesus Christ. If we're going to live a life that glorifies God, there are some requirements for you and I. We have to repent of our sin, repent of our selfishness. We have to turn to God and live in the way that he he tells us to live not the way we want to live and he says here's what God requires do what's right love mercy and walk humbly with your God let me tell you one more thing because I am a lot about the next generation how many know it's time that we quit making it all about us and what makes us comfortable and what we want and making us feel good. How I many you know at some point we have to make some decisions that will give our children in the next generation a better chance at growing up and a better chance at living in a greater country? 
Listen to this. Not only does God require us to do what's right, to love mercy and to walk humbly. Watch this. Genesis 18, 9. For I have chosen him. How many of you know you're chosen today? I have chosen him and her so that they, that, that, that they might command their children and their household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about them. Not only has God requiring us to do what's right and to choose justice, he's requiring us to teach our kids to do what's right and to live a life of justice. That seems small. That will fundamentally change the world if we make an effort to teach our children to do what's right. So here's the deal. Ten more minutes and I'm done. If you believe me, say a good amen. <laughs> so what's right? So, so we have to ask this question. If God wants us to live a life of justice and do what's right, we have to ask ourselves, what is right? What, what makes a right right and a wrong wrong? What is right? Because in our world, let's be honest, the, 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 our country is a melting pot. There are so many different belief systems in our world nowadays. There's so many different belief systems in our school system. There's so many different beliefs in our government today. So here's the deal. What, what makes it right? Should we listen to what our government says? Does what our government say mean that what the government says is right? We live in America. It's, it's a democracy. We live in America. Those people were voted in office. Those people, what they say is right. And if we live according to the government, everything will be right. No, that's a fallacy, and that's a lie. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our country that are banking on everything that some politician says. They're banking on everything that some former president says. They're banking everything on what this president says. Listen to me. We, what the government says, the government is flawed people just like me and you. We have to not listen to everything the government says. The government doesn't dictate what's right. Our education systems, and I know I'm hard on our education systems. And I said it this morning because we had about four teachers in here. Uh, we have some education, educators in public education systems, and they're giving their hardest, and they're working their guts out, and they're trying the best they can to shine the light in the middle of a messed up system. I'm telling you, it's the system that is flawed. Can we bank everything that the teachers say is being right? Have you seen the news? Have you seen the peacock-colored hair, pink, red, yellow? yellow blue with big gauges in their ears and big boobs and big booties and the teachers that are telling their kids it's okay for you to want to be a little girl I know you're a little boy our education system they're taking down the United States of America flag and putting the gay pride flag up and making little children salute the gay pride flag our education system is flawed What about this? What about our denomination? Can we believe every, is, is what our denomination says what's right? Because people say, by God, I'm a church of Christ. You know, I mean, you know, some people, you can say, well, Jesus is a liar. And, and they'll go, oh, really? And you say, yeah, but that church of Christ is crazy. By God, they'll boy up and want to fight over their denomination. Or Baptist or Assemblies of God. Denominations are okay, but they're not always right. What's really right is the word of God. What about this? I hear this all the time. Well, you know what grandmama said? Well, Grandmama said this, and by God, I'm going to do what Grandmama said. Well, your Grandmama was great, and so was mine, but my Grandmama was wrong sometimes. For real, we can't bank on all those things. You heard the story about the lady that was getting ready to cook the ham at Christmas? She started to cook the ham, and she cut this end of the ham off and cut this end of the ham off. 
And, and, and the daughter said, why, Mama, why are you cutting that ham off? Why are you, why are you wasting all that ham? She goes, why? To be honest, I don't know. That's what my mama always did, so that's what I do. So she went to her mama and said, Mama, why do you we cut the ends of the ham off at Christmas and cook them? She goes, well, I don't know. That's what my mama always did. So they went to the grandmama and they said, Grandmama, why do you cut the ends of that ham off and waste that ham and just cook part of the ham? And she said, well, when me and your granddaddy got married, we were so poor, we only had a little pan and we had to cut it off so it would fit in the pan so I could cook it. Sometimes we're just doing what grandmama said. It ain't even right. Come on, somebody. What about should we listen to culture? Does culture say we're right right now? Does, 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 because Miley Cyrus gets up there, does that mean it's right? Because Rihanna gets up there and says, is it right? Because LeBron James says it right, should we listen to them? that make it right? Well, oh, what about this one? We should just listen to our inner selves, y'all. Because this makes me happy and it makes me feel good. And so if I feel good, then it's right and I can do whatever. Give me a break, y'all. We're born again believers in Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? I'm not perfect, and I'm not better than anybody else, but I'm better than I used to be. You know what? I am born again. I am washed in the blood. I cried out to the Lord. I was a sinner, and I was messed up, and I was jacked up, and I was full of guilt, and I was full of unworthiness. I had zero self-esteem, and the enemy was kicking my butt. But one day, I cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is my redeemer and my rescuer, and he came down where I was, and he picked me up, and he turned me around, and he changed my life forever, and I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. My eternal destination was set. I'm not perfect, but I belong to Jesus, and I know where he's brought me from y'all you know how I know all that because the Bible tells me so and we cannot bank our eternal salvation on what the Bible says but ignore the rest of the Bible that makes us uncomfortable we must stand on the almighty word of God the word of God is what tells us what is right and what is wrong it's the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I'll say it again, whether you like it or whether it offends you, it's not my problem. You've got to deal with yourself and you've got to deal with God. But I'm going to say to you, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And when we get back to the Bible in our homes, in our churches, and in our nations, it will be a moral compass and tell us what is right and what's wrong. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. The Word of God has been a steady moral compass. Since the beginning of time, the word of God is true. Truth never changes. Hear me on that. Look, 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 look. Truth never changes. You would have to live under a rock right now to not see that truth is under attack in our nation. Every group wants to have their own set of rules and their own truth. LGBTQ wants to have their own set of truth. Transgenderism wants to have their own set of truth. The Democrats want to have their own rules of truth. The, the Republicans want to have their own truth. And how dangerous and how poisonous is it if everybody has a different moral compass and everybody can choose what's right or wrong based on the certain season or the circumstance they're facing right now. It leads to where we are in America. The Bible has a moral compass. It's never changing. It's always justice. It's how we have right or wrong. How many of you have children and you have not taught them north, south, east, or west? Shame, shame, shame on you mamas and daddies if you don't teach your children how to figure out north, south, east, or west. North never 
east, eat, south, sour, west, watermelon. Come on, somebody. Never eat sour watermelon because sometimes I think Siri gets to drinking and she'll send you in the wrong direction when you're following your eye maps. Come on, somebody. They need to know that is north. Rises in the east, sets in the west. Can I tell you something right here? You know what's truth? North will always be north. I don't care what liberal weirdo gets into office and goes on CNN news and says, no, the new north is south. They're full of crap and it's untrue. North will always be north. North will always be north. Truth is evident in math. I don't care what the common core folks say or the nut that invented common core math. Two plus two will always be Four. That's it. One will always be an even number. Two. Uh, one will always be an odd number. <laughs> Two will always be an even number. The Word of God is much the same. See, that just proves to you sometimes men get it wrong. You got to go back to the Word of God. So you got to go back. The Word tells us what's right or what's wrong, and the Word of God stands true. And we need to base our lives on it. Right. Hebrews 4:12. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God is quick, and it's sharp, and it pierces our hearts, and it reveals to us the things inside of us that our selfish flesh desire. It reveals to us the things that we need to be convicted of, and that's why some people don't like it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture. Everybody say all. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word of God teaches us what is right. The word of God. And it equips us and it prepares us. How long, how long has the word been around? Since the beginning of time. John 1, 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word has been around forever. And it will be around forever. Proverbs 35. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. The word of God is truth. And it is life changing. We live in a world right now. That wants equality we want equality for everyone you hear that kind of talk equality for everyone and, and we say oh we'll have equality if we can have this group this group this group this group and this group how many of you know a house divided against this shelf shall not be able to stand at some point we got to realize we're all children of God we got to realize that we're all children of God and if we want a life of equality and we want a life of justice the only thing that will bring that is the word of Almighty God the word of God brings equality how does it bring equality because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God every one of us without faith in Jesus Christ every one of us without the redemptive work on the cross of Calvary we are headed to hell in a handbasket our own righteousness is as filthy rags but every one of us who have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of our sins we are now adopted into his family we are children of God we're on our way to heaven shouting victory the only thing that will bring equality and justice to our world is the Word of God the Word of God because it is so powerful the Word of God has been attacked since biblical times it's been attacked 
It's been abused. It's been neglected. It's been put aside. In Jeremiah 36, King Jehoiakim, he was convicted by the word of God, and he went all across the nation and had every Bible and every scroll burned. He tried to destroy it. Since that time, they've had Bible burnings on the campuses of colleges. They've had Bible burnings all over. They've tried to get rid of the Bible. People have actually said, I'm going to read the Bible to discredit the Bible. And in reading the Bible to discredit, they get convicted by the Spirit of God, and they get saved, and their lives change. It's been taken out of our government. It's been taken out of our schools. Unfortunately, it's been taken out of our homes because moms and dads have quit reading it themselves, and they certainly quit reading it to their children. It's been taken out of our education system, and unfortunately, the word of God has been taken out of a lot of churches in America today but in the midst of all the attack on the enemy you go home and google it you go home and buy you a book the Guinness book of world records guess what the number one best-selling book of all times is it's the B-I-B-L-E yes that's the book for me I stand alone on the word of God the B-I-B-L-E the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of the Lord remains forever and the word of God will teach us how to live right and live lives of justice worship team y'all come help me close the Bible has got to be our justice system not what the government says, but what we say. It takes courage and it takes self-discipline to always do what is right. I got two more points to say to you quickly. Listen to me. Look, 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 look. Doing what is right always wins. You hear me? Doing what's right always wins. Because sometimes we'll say, well, I did right and it didn't work. Well, let me tell you. And so we adopt this mentality. Well, maybe two wrongs will make a right. No, no, no. Two wrongs never make a right. Continue to do what is right. I have a friend that is sitting in this sanctuary today who is the product of, of the, unfortunately, of a divorce. And it was a tough thing, and it was hard, and his children went this way, and he was separated, and the mother got custody, and he called me and said, it breaks my heart to see my children away from me and living in another town. What do I do? And I said, buddy, you just got to keep doing what's right. You just got to keep living for the Lord. You just got to keep trusting God. You got to keep showing. Don't harbor un un unforgiveness. Don't harbor an anger. Just keep doing what's right, and God will honor you. And I'm telling you, within the last six months of his life, the Lord has restored the relationship with his children and it's tenfold better than it would ever be and the only reason is because he chose to do what's right right always wins do what's right james 4 17 why do i do what's right because it always wins and remember it is sin to know what you ought to be doing and then not do it to just not do right because you ain't feeling it it's sinful romans 12 21 let me back up and say one more thing Evil wins. Look at me. Look, 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 look. Evil, evil wins. And evil will triumph when good, God-fearing people do nothing. Evil wins when you and I sit with a little attitude of, I'm not going to ruffle any feathers. I'm saved. I have a personal little relationship with Christ. I'm just going to sit and be quiet. I'm not going to have any courage. I'm not going to have any self-discipline. We just said evil wins when we do nothing to combat the evil out there. Look at our world today, y'all. And I, I promise I'm done. I, I love our country. 
And I think our country is full of some really, really good God-fearing parents and men and women, hard workers that want to raise good children. But we have been rocked to sleep by culture, and they've told us to absolutely just be quiet, have no courage, and that, you know what, you just keep your little belief system to yourself. And we've sat and we've shut our mouth, and we've raised a bunch of... Evil wins when good people do nothing. Romans 12, don't let evil conquer you. If we continue to entertain evil, it'll conquer you. It will kick your butt. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Just do good. Just, just do what's right. Do what the Bible says. Proverbs 21.3, the Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him our sacrifices. God's pleased when we do what's right. I'm asking you to bow your heads and I'm done. Father, I ask you just to speak to us today and challenge us about living lives of justice. If we come here today and we're struggling in our inner self with anger and unforgiveness and we're struggling with division, Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, deal with us today. Let us be big enough and strong enough and mature enough to just go, I'm giving it up and I'm going to do what's right. Lord, give us a hunger and a love for the Word of God. The parts that make us feel good, but also the parts that make us struggle and reveal our sin and reveal our innermost struggles. Help us fall back in love with the Word of God and help us to overcome evil by choosing to do what's right. Speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen.